listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today's going to be a good one. We're going to talk about... um, five things that your kids need to see in you. Um, Raising successful kids is something commanded in the Bible, but we're going to give you five things. The Bible says if you'll train them up in the way they should go, that when they get older, they won't depart from it. So in a minute, when we jump in, we're going to be giving you five qualities from the word of God that'll help you uh, see your kids become successful in the kingdom of God. And then just at life period, Yeah, and this isn't just for people who have kids because you will get married and you will have kids. And it's good to know because I deal also with a lot of moms that didn't have that uh, stable life growing up or they didn't have a mom who was involved. And so now they're starting from scratch with their kids and they're kind of like, how do I do this? What do I do? What does the Bible say? And so it's always good to learn things before you actually have it in your life because then when you do, you're ready. You're not scrambling at that time to figure it out. You're prepared. Exactly. It's always good to be prepared. I got a bunch of messages from, what, two days ago when we did the thing talking about um, divorce. I got a ton of people that wrote in on the text and other things that said, I'm not even married yet, but thank you because that teaching gives me you know, a foundation for when I do get married, I already have those things in place in my spirit and my mind to know how to have a successful marriage before I ever get there. And, you know, that's part of it too. You might be a grandmother and have grandchildren that are looking up to you. And a lot of these things are, you know, I, cause I know there's people that are grandmothers, grandfathers that maybe their kids aren't serving the Lord and their grandchildren are growing up in those environments. And, and sometimes the only Christian experience they get is that when they get around grandma or, or, or the grandfather and uh, they have to see it there, you know, as you're praying for your children to come back to Christ or to be saved, the grandchildren are seeing it in you. Right. And um, so it, it's important whether you're a, a grandparent, a parent, or you're not a parent yet, but you're going to be. It's in, in, so important that you make sure you have these things down because uh, what ends up happening? Hey, Ted and Ashley, love you. What ends up happening is when God gives you qualities for success in the kingdom, it doesn't just bring success in the kingdom. It brings success throughout your entire life. Like the principles that you find in the word of God are not just uh, success principles for the kingdom. They're success principles for your entire life. They bleed over into every area. So you understand, um, you know, that when you're a Christian, God's power on your life gives you an advantage to overcome in every area of life, not just in church, in every area. It's your job with your family, relationships, finances, every area, physical healing. And so it's very, very important that we catch that, um, that these principles we're going to teach you and for your kids, it makes them successful people, not just in the kingdom, in the world, that they become like we always confess, you know, strong, smart, set apart head and shoulders above the rest. That's why we have uh, Miracle Word Kids available for your children because we have a a desire to see you raise powerful kids and their next generation's leaders. If you think about it, your children are the next, if Jesus tarries, they're next generation's leaders. 
So it's very, very important. And that's where we're going to cover that today. Bonnie said she got a postcard that further faster. So we got that too. But the other, the thing that we mailed out that was a letter did not come. So it's crazy. I'm I'm like blown away by it. Um, A couple of things we want to, don't forget tonight, we're continuing the series that we started called Let's Go Back to Church. And uh, I'm going to be playing another powerful classic message for you guys tonight at 9 p.m. These last two nights, man, have blown me up. Dr. Fred Price, two nights ago. Last night, Bishop David Oyedepo preaching violent faith to change the world. Powerful. If you missed it, go back and watch it, man. Yeah, and I recommend coming to all of these night um, services uh, with a notepad and pen. So you can get these scriptures down and then you can go back and then you can study it out you know, what they said and find it in the Bible and get it in your spirit. Yeah. Because we're ready to go back to church. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I like what uh, Caitlin said. My kids' prayers have been so powerful since we started doing the Miracle Word Kids Bible Challenges. Yeah. But that's because they're getting the word in them. That That's the whole point of why we do the prayer points that we did starting a few years ago. Right. Because once you get the scriptures inside of you, then it's almost like... Um, a launching pad to go into further prayer. So you have some place to start and then your spirit man picks up and then you can add to it continually. Zach is wondering, is there childcare for tonight's service? Yes. Because sister Sally, who usually runs the nursery, she's not been feeling well. And so we're probably not going to have childcare. Uh, we ran out of Nella wafers and uh, juice boxes. <laughs> so probably won't be childcare, but It's going to be powerful. Don't miss it. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, another classic faith-building message that changed my life and this ministry. Um, These last two definitely did. Tonight's going to be no different. So Eastern Time, jump in. You don't want to miss it. There's other things we could tell you. We'll wait till the end to do it because I want to jump right into this and make sure you guys get all five of these today. Your kids are watching. That's one of the things that we always have to keep in mind. Our kids are watching and listening. You know, I thought I thought Teddy asked me something just in passing the other night because you know every every night, of course, he just turned four. So, you know, each night we confess with him um, the the confession that we have on the posters, everything we do with the Miracle Word Kids. Um, and you know, as a three year old, you may not understand what all those words mean, but that we still confess them. But he asked me the other night. He was like. Dad, what's bold? Because you know that's that's one of the things on the list that we that we confess. Yeah, as your mind grows, they start to. I'm bold. About I'm a leader. Of words. He said, "What's bold?" I said, "That's when you're not afraid to do the right thing, even you know in adversity. It's like courage. It's like being brave uh, to do what you should do." So I thought, you know, he was just asking me that in passing, right before bed or whatever. And then I listened to. I'm sitting over on the couch. What was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. And Carolyn's over here by the stairs and he's given her a rundown lesson of what it means to be bold. They're soaking those things up. You know, they're, your kids are always watching you. They're always listening to you. They're picking things up that they'll carry with them. Remember this, they'll carry these things with them for the rest of their lives. And the biggest things, now here's what's crazy. And that's why we're doing this broadcast today. By the way, share it because it needs to be said. The biggest things they take away from you are not the things you said, it's all the things you did. That's the biggest things they take away. They watch your reactions and situations. They watch how you interact with 
each other, husband and wife, with others. Yeah. They watch everything. And that's what they take away when they go and get older is, is your actual personality traits and characteristics. And so you can say all the right things, but what's more important is that you do all the right things because like sponges, they're taking it all in and it's who they will become. It's like one time, remember when I was a youth pastor and um, a, a lady came in, I guess one of the girls in my youth group started, you know, just doing crazy stuff. And um, the mom got all mad and she, she, she was a member of the church. She came in like during a, a work day and uh, came into the office. I need to talk to the youth pastor. I was like, all right. So I meet with this lady and she's ready to like tear me up. She's like, now my daughter comes to your youth group and I thought y'all were preaching the word over here. And then she starts trying, she's going to lay into me because now her daughter uh, is is acting crazy or whatever. I put the brakes on that real quick. I was like, hang on just a second. I was like, let me explain, let me explain something to you. <laughs> I said, first of all, um, there are 168 hours in a week, 168 hours. I have your daughter for one hour. You have her for 167 hours. I said, so if there's an issue with what she's doing, how she's acting, what's coming out of her life, where do you think that the issue is? What she gets from the one hour or what she gets from the 167 hours. You know, by the end of the meeting, you know, the lady was like crying and thanking me for sewing into her daughter's life and spirit and all that. So, I mean, we came to the right understanding, but she needed to understand if there's a problem, the problem is not what's happening for one hour at church. The problem is what that daughter is seeing for 167 hours at home, at school, with her parents. Yeah. That's the issue. And so I thank God. I honestly thank God that we have the ability to go to church, be fed. But it's like we say all the time, no one's going to eat one meal a week and think they're going to be strong and full of energy. You know, you're not going to eat right. just a breakfast on Sunday morning and then never eat again until breakfast next Sunday morning. But that's what people do to their spirit, man. Yeah. The, you, you rely on food more than you rely on the supernatural food that you need to actually survive. Because eventually, your insides reflect your outsides. So the enemy will come to, to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to destroy the inside, but eventually it will, will, will reflect on the outside. Yeah. So you got to take this time with your kids or your grandkids. You know, I know there's sometimes aunt and uncles that have taken, you know, their, their niece and nephews in because of a certain situation. But regardless of what guardianship that you hold that title of it is important how we raise our children in this in this day exactly in this day today how what am i going to do with my children how are we going to be and so when we give you these five things it's important you take notes and just like Mackenzie wrote up there a minute ago she said um that the world will almost discourage you from having kids because you know reasons a b and c and it's just so scary and this and that but nothing has to be scary because it's it's the plan of god it's how he made creation yeah he made you to be fruitful and multiply no question he made a man and a woman to come together and then he made the family unit yeah so he had all this scene before and now we're supposed to take the steps as teachers 
everyone knows the Proverbs where it says train up a child. Right. But we know what training is. Training is not just telling them one time. There's things you're going to have to tell them more than once. And so you have to take that as a parent and realize, listen, I'm training my kids forever. And you know what? Be able to speak into their lives even when they're off and married. Be that person that can speak into their lives and still continue to be that witness for them Mm -hmm. of the things of God, of the goodness of God, of his miracle power. Because you know what? Then the cycle of life, they're going to get married and then they have to be a teacher. So what you impart to them now, just think about how it's going to just bleed through the rest of the years until Christ's return. It's true. And, you what, know, what you do now is so powerful. Yeah. It's not just in this moment. It's not just with your family of however many. It's literally what you do now will go from generation to generation. I mean, look at Ted's family and his grandfather who got saved and his grandmother got saved, got together. and then. But now look at what they instilled wholeheartedly into the family. You can't find a Shuttlesworth that's not preaching right now. You can't find a Shuttlesworth that's not full of the power of God, bold, standing up for the things of God, operating in the prophet position, operating in miracles. You, you, there's not one out there. Everybody's in the ministry. Why? Because they trained a child for, <laughs> they trained a child, and then that went to the next generation, to the next generation, and then our generation that we're starting now, that the that that Ted and his cousins and everyone, is going to go to the next generation yep. because we're going to instill it. We're not backing down. We're only getting stronger. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I like what you said because it's true that, like, the world, like Mackenzie was saying, tries to discourage. It, it blows my mind that there's, like, there's Christians that are like, well, we don't really want to have kids. Or Chris is like, well, we're just going to have one. Like, God commanded multiplication and fruitfulness. I take my hat off to AJ Bible. I take my hat off to Austin Lingerfeld. I take my hat off to Nathan Miller, all those people that are populating the earth. And that's God's plan. You know, it's funny to me. Just think about this. There's Christians that don't want to multiply the way that God called them to. Meanwhile, part of the Muslim agenda is to have tons of children and populate the earth with Muslims. Because it's a cultural religion and populate the earth. And it's one of their plans. And you got Christians like, well, I don't really want to have kids, you know, and God commanded multiplication. I'm not saying you have to go out and have six kids, but it's, it's just funny to me when you say, when you see Christians, like, we just don't want to have kids and we don't, we, we don't want to go that direction or like that. They, they think it's like not important when the Bible says things about, um, you know, when people have children, the children are a blessing to their parents. You know, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. You know, God wants you to multiply. God wants us to take dominion on this earth. And when we raise up a generation of godly people, there's a blessing in that. There's a blessing in that. You know, when, when a nation whose God is the Lord, you know, there's a blessing in that. There's joy in that. There's, look, just look at this. Look at the nations of the earth that, Uh, have been considered for a long time to be quote-unquote Christian nations. They're always the blessed nations. And then look at the ones that serve false gods. They're third world nations. I don't know if that ever like clicked in anybody's mind. But when you go to uh, third world nations and they're polytheistic or they serve false gods, it's not an accident that the nations that are blessed, 
you know, the nation that's the most blessed nation on the earth was founded on Christian principles with people who desired to serve the Lord and to worship him. You know, it, it's not, you know, it's not any kind of a, uh, coincidence that that's the, that that happens because when you serve the Lord it brings blessing but when you turn your face from the Lord and you reject God and his power he turns you over to sinful desires and the blessing is stripped from your life and it brings death <clears throat> so I don't I don't know how people don't see that but the truth is our children are called to be blessed and it doesn't happen automatically that's why the Bible talks about the fact that we have to train them up. We have to train them up uh, in the way that they should go. You know, anybody that wants to play professional sports, they don't just watch other people do it. They have somebody that coaches them, trains them, gives them drills, uh, gives them an eating plan, gives them, you know, all those things. It's work to train to be the best at something. And we're called to train those children. That's why I encourage every mother, don't let the spirit of this world ever make you feel like less of a woman because you didn't somehow go out and get a career or become a CEO or hashtag girl boss, you know, all all that stuff. Don't make, because that's the culture. They'll try to make you feel like less of a woman because you're not Olivia Pope. But I want you, I want you to hear what I'm saying. You have a powerful, powerful ministry to the training of the next generation. If you think about it, you are coaching and training the next generation for victory. That's a massive ministry and it's a massive responsibility. So don't ever look at yourself and say, well, I don't have a job and I don't have a career and I'm not a CEO. I don't run my own business. Don't look at yourself and say that. That's foolishness. That's total foolishness. One of the most honorable things you can do and powerful is position the next generation for success. And, and, and he didn't just call you, he, he equipped you. Yes. So you are anointed. I actually just put a podcast out just recently, listen to it if you haven't, called Anointed to Be a Mom. Because he hasn't just called you, calling you was coming together, be fruitful and multiply, and then you do your part. He has equipped you to do it. He has anointed you. He has given you the grace to do it, and you can do it well, and you can do it all, mm-hmm. and you can handle it all. There, that is another thing that society tells you that I speak against is that you can't do it all. There's things you might have to tweak. You might have to learn to say no <laughs> a little more than you do. A lot of times we put pressure on ourselves as moms because we take on stuff that we shouldn't be taking on. And so you just have to weed that out. But realize God's given you the strength, the ability, the mind, the grace, the anointing yes. to carry out to be a mom. That's and exactly even if right. you are a person who has a job, he's given you the ability to do it all and still speak into your children's life. So you have to realize that it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, some stressful situation. Mm-hmm. You make it what it is. That's right. God's given us the answers. He's given us the ability. And like I said, there's some things you might have to weed out because he has, it, it's not, you know, a suggestion to do things well. Right. He's given us the actual word of God to guide us and the ability to do it with excellence mm-hmm. and do it all. That's exactly I used right. to read Proverbs 31 and be like, you know, I, 
it not really clicking me until as I really started studying out. And she did a lot of things. She did it all. She did it well. And she did it with grace. And she did it with excellence. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you, it's not out of your reach. Right. To be what God's called you to be. No, absolutely not. You just got to tap into it. No question about it. And so today we're going to give you five things from the word of God that your children are watching for. And these five things, if they see these qualities in your life, they without question, it'll cause them to be successful people, not just in the kingdom, but in life. So I want you to hear this with us today because uh, when you look at some of them, we're going to explain why they're so important for your children, but um, it's going to make total sense. But you'll see that these are things that you have to discipline yourself to do because if not, it won't, it it doesn't happen by accident and it doesn't happen automatically. It's a training and a discipline of yourself and your kids are watching and they will see it. Number one, you can put these in the... uh, uh, in the comment section, follow along with us. But the number one thing, and I want you to look this uh, in the word with us, unconditional love. That needs to be number one. Not that you preach it, not that you talk about it, that you live it and that you walk it. Mm-hmm. Your kids will know. And the first thing they'll see is they'll see, uh, especially if you have the, the marriage relationship still intact, they'll see that between you and your wife or you and your husband. They will see it. They will easily see it. You know, my, my kids joke, you know, they joke with me, like even my little son, you know, he'll see me kissing Carolyn and uh, he'll run over and try to get those kisses, you know, and I'll be like, Hey, get off. That's my mama. And I'm, I'm kissing mama. And he's like, no, that's my mama. I'm kissing mama, you know, but why does he do that? Why is he come over and want to kiss her, kiss her, kiss her? Cause he sees dad coming over and kissing her, kissing her, kissing her. He's just a sponge seeing what I do and replicating what I do. So we'll, we'll play fight and I'll try to keep him away from Carolyn and say, no, that's my mama. I'm kissing mama. And he'll say, no, get off. That's my mama. You know, and what is he doing? He's only replicating what he sees dad do. The girls, the reason the girls are like that is because they have a dad and a mom like that. And so it creates a personality. It creates uh, uh, a thought process in your mind. And there's a reason that he's going to come up and show love to his mom and be lovey on her because he sees dad doing it rather than, uh, you know, me being like, you know, let me tell you something, Teddy, you can't trust these women. These women are always, I'll tell you these <laughs> women and, and you, and let me tell you, you think that that doesn't happen. It happens in many homes, many homes, uh, single parent homes. You know, what about all these little girls growing up in homes where the husband was some kind of a a jerk and ended up leaving. And now you've got bitter, jaded moms that have had to do all the work and raise all the kids and do everything themselves. And then they get their friends around, aunties around. And let me tell you something about men. Men are, you can't trust a man. You know, men, they'll, you know, and then that's all they hear. And when girls grow up hearing that over and over and over and over about what men are like. You can't trust the men. Men are dogs. Men only want one thing. And, and, and that, that's the environment. That's the word that's spoken. That's the confession. It gets ingrained into the spirit of a young girl and a young boy. You know, it's very interesting when you look at the homosexuality uh, rates and you look at how many people are homosexuals out of a single parent home. Boys that have had to be raised by their mothers with no uh, male influence in their life. 
And what do those boys keep hearing all day long? Men are, let me tell you about men, some men. And that's all they hear. They hear men being bashed, They all this stuff. And then you look at what happens in our nation. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It's creating a culture where men are being bashed and then, you know, men are going back and forth. Let me tell you, these women, these women are devious, son. Let me tell you something about a woman. A woman is devious. And you, you know, you don't, that behind the scenes, they're plotting their own ways and doing their manipulative little women. And, and what's happening? They're not seeing unconditional love. They're seeing this, this, um, disjointed, uh, problematic atmosphere of relationship, and all that's going to happen is it's you're going to it's going to replicate. It's going to replicate. You know, it, it's the craziest thing if you ever look at um, water that just drips and drips, or water that runs even on rock. You know what's going to happen after a while? It makes even though water is soft. You know, water is you know it's it's not something like a, a pickaxe. It's that water weathering. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's because I just did this with science with Maddie. Exactly. He just took a test on it and how water changes. It can change the form of rock. Yeah. Same with wind. Look at look at how hard it rock is. It can stand constantly for years. But on what's it. it doing? It's just like running in that Weather. same pattern across yep. that rock. What does it do? Creates a groove in the rock. You know, creates could, could create smoothness where it was rough. So... You, you keep acting like that day after day after day. Your kids are getting weathered. They're getting weathered by that, that you're putting out a flow, a constant stream, and it's rubbing against them, rubbing against their spirit, and it's weathering their spirit. It's creating something from what's going out of you and across them day after day after day. And then how are you surprised when your kids' relationships end in divorce after you pumped into their spirit for 20 years that men are dogs and women are devious and you can't trust a woman and you can't trust a man. How can you be surprised when relationships end in failure when they've been conditioned for relationships to end in failure? You know, let me tell you, if he ain't giving you the things you need, you need to get out of that marriage. You need, And people talk like that. You need to get out of that marriage instead of walking in unconditional love unconditional love and that's you have to model it in front of your children yeah because you know what the good side of unconditional love does it makes your children so confident within themselves and so bold think of it with god and his son jesus his unconditional love to save the entire world he got his son to die on the cross for us well, that gave Jesus to walk here on earth with boldness. And he, he understood what it was and what the what it was going to be, what, bring into the world. And so for our kids, unconditional love is the same way. My kids are not going to go searching from Joe Schmo out there looking for, you know, them to give them a nice compliment when they're older or loved because their dad does that now. Right. I do that now. We show them, like he's saying, kisses, unconditional love. They're not going to go searching. Yeah. When you have that love, it's a comfort to you. It's a peace to your soul. It's rest in your mind. Mm -hmm. It builds you up. You know, you don't always have to get a compliment, but just the, the action of love builds a person up makes them feel good, makes them feel stable. Yep. So, you know, my kids don't have to go searching for even a neighbor 
even a friend down the street, even somebody at a, at a church or, or at a school. They don't have to search for their confidence in someone else's words right? because they understand what the feeling of unconditional love is. And on the other side of that too, think of this. Of course, you know, my girls will never have to search for affection. Dad gives it to them. They have it on a steady stream. Same with my son, everything. But on the other side of that, think of this. If they ever enter into a relationship where someone's treating them with less than they deserve, they won't put up with it because they understand what it's like to be in a right relationship. They understand what love feels like. So if they if they understand what unconditional love feels like, if they go into a relationship where the person's not treating them the way they should, my kids won't put up with that when they get older. You know, where some people do, they say, well, you know, nobody's perfect and I, I probably deserve to be treated like that. I've not been perfect either. And there's a lot of people that will just accept that and be just thankful somebody's with them. No, we're not gonna we're not gonna teach the children that. They're like, well, you know, you, you just need to be thankful that somebody likes looks at you that way because you know there's no 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 no. They'll have the best and their relationships will be the best and they, they'll know if they go into a relationship and they know that doesn't feel like the kind of love dad and mom had or that they showed me or that I'm used to having. They'll know in their spirit, this isn't for me. I don't right. deserve to be treated like that, talked to like that. And bye, Felicia. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting up with that junk. And they'll, that's, that's the other side of the impartation. It's that they feel the love and they know how to act. But also when they feel the absence of, of unconditional right. love, they know that's wrong. Because unconditional love is the key. And it allows them to create a boundary and an expectation. See, all these things we're showing you, it allows your children to create a boundary and an expectation of how life is supposed to be. And when they do that, they won't settle for less than the best that God has for them right. or the first person that comes down the road, like she said, because I just, my dad has never loved me. He's never hugged me. He's never kissed me. He's never told me that I'm beautiful. Never told me that he loved me. So the first compliment I get from a dude, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, I've never felt that before. Right. I need him in my life. I need that. I need it. And then the first smooth talking dude coming down the road has snatched your people up. Climbing in your windows, snatching your people up. Why? Because they didn't get it. <laughs> this is exactly right. My wife has a switchblade. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's very interesting. It's very interesting um, that when you have that kind of an expectation, that's what you're now going to have. And you won't accept anything less. You're not going to accept anything less than that. Because it's what... It's what God wants for your life. And so unconditional love. Uh, J Jacob's asking a question. About, did Jesus really love us? Of course. But who in the flesh wants to be tortured and crucified? Yeah. His flesh didn't so want the Bible. he just said, God, is there any well, other way? And it, no. What, what he said so, to the disciples is telling. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. Your flesh and so is hostile to God. And so he didn't do it because he was forced. Notice, he's he hostile to God. He loved us. Yeah, he didn't have to go. He could have done it. He had a free will. But see, that's unconditional love. He chose to give his life for us. He was not forced to give his life. He chose it. He chose it. And of course, your fl your flesh is going to kick back against the plans of God. The flesh is hostile against the things of God. So it's important to know. No, um, are we? He doesn't. No, I don't believe that. In your life for temporary. No, I don't believe that. I believe God has a plan for your life. 
And why, he's not going to put somebody that was wrong to teach you the wrong ways so that you can then appreciate the good ways. That's God's not doing that. God's blessing his children with he the best. He teaches you the right ways, so when you see the wrong ways, you run. <laughs> he wants you to learn by instruction, not destruction. So remember that. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, are you there? I went to Galatians. Okay, you, stay, you read Galatians, and I'll, I'll flip over and read 1 Corinthians 13. All right, Galatians 5, 6. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. That's it. Faith expresses itself in love. Faith works by love. So you can't have faith working if love's not working. Love is the most important. Hey, Mike, here's the most important element of any relationship. Listen to this. Paul writing to the Corinthians 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. Think about that. I am nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant. He goes right through this, and now he's explaining to you how love functions in a relationship. Hey, Brady, I love you, buddy. Here, this is how love functions, and it, he describes it. But understand this. Love is the highest commandment in the New Testament. You know, in the old, there were many, 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 many laws and commandments they had to follow. In the New Testament, Jesus only gave us two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So those two, if all the law, all the prophets hang on those two commandments, if you'll obey those, everything else will be taken care of. Yeah. You ever think of the fact that you won't break the Ten Commandments if you love your neighbor? Because if you love them, you won't steal from them. If you love them, you won't kill them. If you love them, you won't lie about them. If you love them, you won't steal their wife or husband. You know, it's all if you love them. So love, everything hangs on love. And your kids have to see that consistently in your life. And all this, it's not just saying, well, we got to love one another. And then you're screaming at your husband and wife. Well, we got to love one another. And you're throwing pots and pans through the house and saying, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving. I'm going to my mother's. You know, it's, it's you know, you can't. You can't do all that and expect your kids to then listen to the things you say. Or hang on to it. Right. Don't hang on to a fight. Well, that's it. Talk Don't about let your that. Friends, or your friends. <laughs> Don't let your children see you hold on to an argument and then give mom or dad, you know, your husband or wife, the cold shoulder for the rest of the night and drag it on. Mm -hmm. Because then your kids will not understand unconditional love or forgiveness. Right. At forgiveness all. Forgiveness is not... Uh, in a you know one to three day period, forgiveness needs to be right then and there and move on. Exactly because there will you're teaching your kids to drag things out. Yeah, and the Bible Hold doesn't grudges. say drag it out. Bible says end forgive. It. It yeah. Even says don't even go to bed. Don't let the sun go down. That's right. So that, that's actually before bedtime. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> don't let the sun go down. And stay mad at somebody and, and an unforgiving spirit. Yep. It just continues to fester and build up and causes more internal hurt 
and uh, it's a waste of your life. It's a waste of your time and it destroys your kids as they grow because they just watch that. And then they think, well, that's how you react. If somebody hurts you, then you don't, you don't let them get over it. You don't let them forget it. You keep bringing it back up and you keep putting it in their face. And that's what they learn to do because they watched mom do it or they watched dad do it. And now that's how they will function with their friends. And then later with their husband or their wife, they will repeat those things unless the Holy Spirit deals with them and they break that uh, behavior pattern. But much easier if you'll just train them in the right way. Right. It's easier to learn it right the first way than to fix years of mistakes later. Much easier to do it right the first time. And it does take discipline to say, like, I'm going to be an unconditional loving person. I'm not going to hold grudges. I'm not going to let my pride and my ego keep me in a place where I, um, you know, I'm always like, well, no, I don't think that apology was enough. I think you should have done a better apology. I, you know, that people act like that. I know. When someone apologizes, don't correct their apology. Right. It's ridiculous. Because then you won't get them anymore. <laughs> right. And you put the other person in a bad position because then they, you know what I'm saying? It's a vicious cycle. You put the other person in a bad position, then they're not going to ask for forgiveness, then they're staying bitter. Yeah. It's bad. You're pushing people and you're pushing yourself in a bad direction. So number one is unconditional love. You've got to walk and show your children unconditional love. That's basic Christianity. Number two is unrelenting diligence. Put that in the comments. Number two, unrelenting diligence. This is so vital. So vital. Unrelenting diligence. Which scripture are you turning to? Um, Proverbs 22? I can. Okay. I can I'll go to Proverbs 13. Unrelenting diligence. This is so vital because somebody asked me if I would talk about this um, in the, in the comments. And I will talk about it. I'll talk about it right now because one of the problems we have in, a, in our current generation is a feeling of entitlement. All these millennials and Gen Y feel entitled. I should just be given things because I'm so great. I shouldn't have to work hard for anything. I should just be given things. And it's a, it's a, a an entitlement mentality, which no wonder, like literally no wonder they can push socialism and communism on a, on our generation because you say, well, you know, we'll, we'll just give you everything you need. And of course that's what they believe that we'll just, you know, you won't have to do anything. We'll just give it to you. We're going to, we're going to cancel all student loan debt. We're going to do everything for you. We're going to give you everything, uh, equal distribution of wealth, you know, and kids like, Oh, that's a great idea. We should definitely do that. The reason that they can push that so easily on our generation entitled they feel like they're owed everything. They don't have to work for anything. And it's not scriptural. It is actually the opposite. Did you know? I don't know if people understand this. Did you know socialism is the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches? Did you know that anything that promotes laziness, anything that promotes um, a lack of hard work is contrary to scripture? The Bible says that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You shouldn't be allowed to eat. A man that doesn't provide for his own family worse than an infidel. Laziness is equated to wickedness in the Bible. So we teach our children unrelenting diligence. Unrelenting diligence. Diligent work. Where are you at? To 22? Mm-hmm. That's a great one to start with. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. Do you see any truly... Uh, competent workers, they will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. And that word competent uh, in the original 
is actually translated here, diligent. Do you see anybody that's diligent in their work? Diligent in their work, which makes you competent. You continue to do it and do it and do it harder and do it the best you can. And uh, it makes you competent. Do you see anybody diligent? He will stand before kings. He will not serve mere men. So the promotion that happens in life comes from competence. It comes from diligence. Like we talked about the other day, if you've ever seen people that they only do the bare minimum to survive and get by, and they don't want you to produce more than they're producing because it shines a light on their lack of production. They don't want to be diligent. They want to show up at 9.05 and leave at 4.55. They want to just do the bare minimum to not get fired and take a paycheck home. That is not how you increase in the kingdom of God, and it's not how you increase in the world. You know, it's funny to me how many people want to be quote-unquote entrepreneurs, and they showed, they did a study, that while the average person can work for 40 hours a week at a job to make the money they need, the average entrepreneur has to work like 80 hours a week to make their business work. And so people are like, yeah, I want to be a business owner. I want to run my own company. Yeah, you don't want to do the work. The average person does not want to do the work to make that happen. And so as a, as a result, what happens is you have a culture of people that feel, feel like they can just, you know, I can just do whatever and they should hand it to me. I, I deserve to be given everything. And the truth is you don't. It's only diligent people that are promoted. It is people who have the ability to focus and to be competent in their work. I wonder, it's like that we're talking about the post office. Yeah. I wonder how they're still even in business without government subsidies. I don't know how they're in business. Because many, many times, now I know not every postal worker, but many of them is, I, I've never seen such incompetence in my entire life. It like blows my mind. I wonder about some people, like I watch people work and I think to myself, how can you have such a low self-respect that you work like that? I, I, I wonder that. In most places nowadays. That's <laughs> true. Tired. I it's come true. in the car and I'm usually yelling about something because it's insane. Because you know what? No one teaches on being diligent anymore. They teach on being fair. Right. And the Bible doesn't talk about being fair. Right. There's no participation trophies. All right. You go get it. You work hard. You you do what you're you're supposed to be doing. You know, I'll never teach my kids that. It, they they cry sometimes over losing a game or they, I mean, my kids are competitive. And as much as I have to tell them to be nice during it, yeah. I'll never break that competitive spirit because they need to strive to not be lazy, to work harder, to realize there is a ladder to climb here yeah. and we're going to go after it. Because listen, if you're lazy in these in these natural things, you think you're going to work hard at having great faith? No. Are you kidding me? You're going to be lazy in your own faith if you're right. going to be lazy in the natural doing things and not being diligent. Exactly right. You're not <laughs> if you're if you're not working at something you can actually see, you think you're going to work hard at something you can't see? Exactly. Give me a break. It's not going to happen. Give me a break. Um Siska said, I don't have kids yet, but what do you think about giving kids an allowance for doing chores, et cetera? Absolutely. Because you're teaching them, you're teaching them to work for a reward. That's a biblical principle. Work for a reward. We're not faithful for nothing. We're not diligent for nothing. He's, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, you know, that's why the reward of eating comes from the from the diligence of working. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. But if you do work, you should eat. If you're willing and obedient, you should eat the good of the land. So diligence is key. 
I'll be a diligent worker. I, I will be noticed head and shoulders above the rest. They will see the excellence of my work and the excellence of my work will cause me to be promoted. That when everybody else is packing up to go home, I'm still working and finding things. To, I'm solving problems when everybody else is playing games on their phone, trying to hide in the break room and take extra long breaks because they don't want to go back to work. Meanwhile, I'm excellently serving customers and the boss is seeing, and truly it's God that brings the increase. But when they see the excellence and diligence of the work that I put in, they realize he, he shouldn't be down here just doing the basic stuff. He needs to be managing these other ones that are doing the basic stuff. I mean, do you think it was fair? Listen to what my wife said, fair. You know, God's kingdom is not about fairness. First of all, in Matthew 25, when the master came to give talents to his three workers, notice he didn't give them all one and he didn't give them all two and he didn't give them all five. He gave one five, he gave one two and he gave another one one. Well, that's not an equal distribution. Now, it, it was based obviously on their previous faithfulness. He knew this dude can handle five, he can handle two, he only can handle one, which was proved as he came back. And notice what happened. Was it fair? When he came back, the first guy said, you gave me five, here's 10 back. Second guy, you gave me two, here's four back. Last guy, you gave me one, I buried it in the ground, here's one back. Well, now they've seen the increase. Truly what they could have done is uh, given an equal to, well, listen, here's what we're going to do. I know everybody, everybody has the same, you know, you probably have some sort of a disability we could look for somewhere and find it if we look hard enough. You know, everybody's got a disability if you look hard enough. And so we're going to, uh, we're going to just distribute this equally. You have 10, but let's give, uh, let's give some to him. You know, he only had one. Let's distribute some over to him. No, absolutely not. What did the master say? Take, let me let me have that talent back that you you took and, and should have at least invested in the bank and got me interest. I'm gonna give that one. Now think about this. Here's what if, if anybody was trying to like build everybody up to equality, probably if he took that one away from him, let's give it to the one who has uh five or that has four, because the other guy's already got ten. Let's give it to the one's got four. Now he'll have five, and then we'll just pull two more over from the ten and give it to him. Now he has seven and he has eight. No, he took the one and gave it to the one with 10 and said to him that has more will be given and to him that does not have even what he does have will be taken away from him because laziness is equated with wickedness in the Bible. It is wicked. Listen, listen to the Bible. Uh, Proverbs 13 and verse four. Listen to this. The soul of the sluggard. That's Proverbs 13, four. That's a lazy person. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied richly supplied great question here from andrew how would you differentiate blessing your child from spoiling your child where would you draw the line remember this the blessing versus spoiling is not in how much you give them it's in their attitude as they receive it that's the difference. It has nothing to do with how many toys or how many games or how many clothes. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do their with heart. their heart, their spirit as they receive it. You have to teach them thankfulness, gratefulness. You have to teach them stewardship. You know, those are the things that keep somebody from being spoiled. You know, a, a spoiled kid gets something and isn't thankful for it because they've got so much anyway. 
a spoiled kid, no gratefulness is practiced. They don't thank people. You know, teach your kids. When somebody gives you something, look them in the eye and say thank you and mean it. Thank you for doing that for me. You know, there's people that have given me stuff before that like, you know, it's not a massive thing that they did. You know, somebody may come and say, hey, you know, here's, here's uh, I've had come up, I, you know, think about it because it's everything means something to someone. I've been at youth camps before and a kid has walked up to me and said, I really felt to, to give you this after you preached. And I look at it and it's four $1 bills that they put in my hand, four $1 bills. But I'm not going to say, well, you should try harder next time. What kind of a seat is four $1 bills? I look at them and I, with, with heartfelt thanks, and I mean it in my heart, I say, thank you for doing that. Thank you for obeying the Holy Spirit. Then I grab their other hand and pray that the blessing of the Lord would come upon their life. Father, thank you that this young person felt to put four $1 bills in my hand as a blessing. Now, Lord, for their obedience, bless them abundantly and take them high. It's a true thankfulness. I don't just throw us a four $1 bill. And your kids should learn that. If somebody blesses you, look at it. Thank you. Teach them to write thank you notes when people bless them with things. Teach them to sit down at the table and write a thank you note and mail it to the person. If they get birthday presents or Christmas presents, teach them to be thankful. Teach them what gratitude looks like because that's that's the difference. Because our kids have tons, but I'll never let my kids be spoiled. Never let my kids be spoiled. They're blessed, they overflow, they abound, but they're going to learn to have a thankful and a grateful heart and they're going to learn to steward the things that they're blessed with. Because one of the things we see is if a kid is spoiled, many times they won't take care of the things they have. Well, because if I break this, mom will just buy another one. And it's not that we can't buy another one. Nope, but we're not doing that. But we're not doing it. We teach them to steward because we explain to them, God, everything we have is from God. He provided this for us. That's right. And we're going to take care of his stuff. Yeah, stewardship. Because in order for him to give us more, he has to see what we're taking care of now. Yep. Why would, like the Bible says, entrust us with more Right. if we can't handle what we do now? Well, that takes us into number three because these really go together. So, so get the word fair out of your mouth. Unrelent, unrelenting <laughs> diligence. But number three is unstoppable faithfulness. So diligence is how, how hard you go. Faithfulness is how long you go. Diligence is how hard you go. Faithfulness is how long you go. And so anybody can be diligent for 30 minutes. Can you be diligent for 30 years? That's the question. Anybody can be diligent for 30 minutes. Can you be diligent for 30 years? Can I be faithful in my diligence? So we don't just teach them diligence. We teach them unstoppable faithfulness because that's, that's the second part. Who can't? You know, who can't run hard for 10 seconds, but can you run hard for an hour? You know, it's a different level. And so the key is there's so many people in our society, in our culture that are ready to quit at any given moment. Easily. Oh, you don't like the way I'm doing? Well, I'm out of here. I don't need this job anyway. I don't need you. I don't need you. I'm gone. You know, they're ready to quit. (laughs) They're ready to quit at any moment. Anybody offends you, quit. Anybody uh, makes you angry, quit. Anybody does something that you think should have been yours, quit. Right. Our kids are never once been allowed to run off because they've been upset about something. No. You're going to stand there and we're going to fix it and we're going to deal with it. Because it's not, even with stuff that my kids have signed up for, you know, Maddie with tennis, 
Yeah, we're in Florida. It gets hot. And there's times before we get ready to go and she's been like, no, I don't want to go. I said, listen. You signed up. We signed up. We told the coach, you know, we're going to be there at a certain time. We have a pool in the hose. So right. when you're done doing your tennis lessons, where yep. I'm not, I could easily call the guy. Well, and my daughter say, doesn't feel like coming. My daughter, you know, we we're tired or whatever excuse I wanted to say or just she doesn't feel like it. Listen, right. if we go by our feelings all the time, You'll fail. our faithfulness You'll fail. will never operate. You cannot go by how you feel in order to go to new levels in, in the kingdom. You can't go by how you feel. We also don't let our kids quit when people aren't doing things the way they want to do them. Or they're playing a game with their friends. Right. Like, well, if you don't do it my way, then I'm just not going to play. We don't allow that. They get in big trouble for that. We'll call them down. Who do you think you are? Yeah. You're going to manipulate every game. You're going to force everybody that you play with to do it exactly the way you wanted or you're not playing. That's not faithfulness. That's not faithful friendship. That's not a faithful attitude. And that again, right. that is something that becomes manipulation and pride. Well, if I can't run it, then I'm not part of it. And, and that's pride. Could you, and you got to keep your word. Make your word good yep. during this. Because, listen, Maddie's not going to be the next, is her name Venus Williams? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's not going to be the next Venus Williams. But we're going to learn. Or Serena. Is it Serena? They're sisters, Venus oh, and Serena okay. Williams. I was thinking of Serena, but for Venus came. To my mind. She's not going to be that. Listen, I get that. But it it's the principle right. and the point that I'm making with her. Yep. And you know what? She didn't end up continuing long with that coach after. But that's with our travel schedule and things led into it. But at those moments where she said, I don't want to do this, we said, no. You're doing it. Our word is good. You're going to do it. You're going to stick with it. And this is what's going to happen. It's it, like Carolyn. Like even this morning, I said to Carolyn, I said, kiss me. And she said, no, you've got a mustache. And I said, wow. faithfulness says you'll kiss your husband even in mustache May. And let me tell you, she pulled through. And she did, by faithfulness and diligence, what she should have done. Counting which is, down the days. I have a calendar with X's on them. <laughs> with kissing her husband. And she showed unconditional love, unrelenting diligence, and unstoppable faithfulness all in one kiss. It was amazing, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She has a rug burn on her face. Concealer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but remember this. It's so important because if your kids are going to be faithful, almost no one in this generation is faithful. Right. I mean, think about it. You know, you you can't find a person. You can't find a person uh, at a job. You know. You know what business owners say? It's hard to find good help these days. Oh, it's hard. Anyone to that has come to my house lately that's doing yeah. something, and they'll be like, they're training somebody, and then they come uh, the next time with somebody else or by themselves. I'm like, what happened? They're like, and it's not a hard job, whatever they had to do. No, it's like. But it was just well, sticking they, with it, showing up on time, learning the few steps that they had to learn. They couldn't even handle it. Yeah. They couldn't even handle no, it. No, they'll tell us. We'll have people who come that run their own business. They're doing stuff around the house or whatever. They're like, hey, where was that guy you were training last time? Well, he didn't want to stick with it. He, you know, he, he didn't think he should have to do this kind of work. Or, and there's stuff like that gets said all the time. It's like, seriously. And you wonder why people have the, quote, failure to launch syndrome where they can't even move out of their parents' house. They don't want to work. Nobody wants to work. Everybody wants to quit. Well, I tried that. I didn't like his attitude. I didn't. You know, I've heard people say, like, 
this dude, you know, he stopped by my desk, dropped all these paper, told me I need to have it done by Friday. Who does he think he is? It's your boss. <laughs> your boss can say that. But that's the generation that's being raised right I'm out of here. He can't talk to me like that. I'm gone. They'll just feel they entitled. Quit. Like, that's not how I'm equal. And that's not how he's supposed to be talking to me. Drives me nuts. Like, get over yourself. Drives me nuts. Get over yourself. You know what? You can't take someone raising their voice to you. You're never going to make it in life. Ever. Get over yourself. You've got to be faithful. Swallow that pride and do what you're told. That is another subject because yep. kids are never told anything and they don't ever have to do what they're told. So they get raised in that. And so when somebody tells them something, even if it's their boss who signs their checks, they're, I am offended. Yeah. He told me. To go get a pen off the desk? Yeah. It's like, well, think about who this. do you think you are? If your faithfulness is ever based upon what someone else does, cracks me up. you'll never be faithful. If, you're fa- if you can only be faithful in the perfect environment, you'll never be faithful. You'll because never be anything in there, the kingdom of God. There are no perfect <laughs> environments. There'll always be somebody that's offensive or there's always going to be somebody that you clash with their personality or there's always going to be something that's uncomfortable to your flesh. And there's always going to be a factor. And that's why faithfulness is so powerful because it goes beyond all those factors. It goes beyond all that. It goes beyond offense. It goes beyond other people's personalities. It goes beyond uncomfortable situations. It goes beyond all that and says, regardless of all of this, I'm pressing forward because I have a faithful spirit. I'll have a faith. Anybody, I mean, who can't be faithful when everything's awesome? Like, of course I'll keep doing that. Everything's awesome. What do you do when everything's not awesome? And you got a jerk working next to you and you got a boss that, you know, is, you know, from time to time says things he shouldn't or whatever. What are you going to do? Or you say, well, I just don't like it. I'm out of here. I'm not. No, faithfulness keeps moving forward. And our children need to be taught faithfulness, diligence and faithfulness. Diligence is how hard you go. Faithfulness is how long you go. I don't, I don't phone it in. I refuse to phone it in. My wife can tell you. There's, there's nothing that I do that I go in and phone it in. I've never phoned in one thing that I've done in life. I don't. I can't and be satisfied with myself. I can't sit back and say, well, you know, I just didn't feel it tonight. No, I go in with everything I've got. I don't care if I'm preaching to four people or 4,000 people. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I, it doesn't change me. If I'm doing something, I do it with excellence. I got to do it with diligence and I got to continue on that way. And God's watching. Keep in mind. God has a book of remembrance, the Bible says. He is writing down what's happening in your life. And remember this. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Didn't you already turn there? Galatians chapter 6. Let's do this because this is perfect. This is a perfect example of what happens to somebody that stays faithful. Stays faithful. I think Heavenly is the same age as Maddie. Okay. She started watching a couple weeks ago. Heavenly, are you 10? That's awesome. I remember awesome. correctly. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, and I want you to see verse 9. The Bible says, And let us not grow weary in well-doing. See that? Let us not grow weary of doing good. Yeah. 
For in due season, we will reap. How? If we do not give up. There is a supernatural blessing that comes upon people who will be faithful and diligent. How does it say it in the New Living Translation? Oh, I didn't turn to it. I oh. thought you were just reading it. No, read, read the New Living because I, I like that one too. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Uh, Pastor Kim gave it. Unfortunately, in young ministry support help today, I once asked support staff to do something and the person looked at me in the eyes and said, that's not my responsibility. Exactly right. I remember when I... When I um, when I, when I joined um, my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, to uh, work at the church, you know, there was a lot of things I had never done before, ever, ever. You know, I'd never been a youth pastor before, but, you know, I was able to do it. I, I had never been a music director before. I've played the piano. I've never been a music director, choir director. I did it. I've never uh, edited an, a television broadcast before, but I did it. I've never done websites before, but I did it. I, why? Because... Anything that I'm called to do, God equips me to do, and I'll stay faithful in doing it, and I'll do it diligently and do it to the best of my ability. So well, I, that's just not me. I don't do those things. No, if I've got the Holy Spirit, I can do all things. There's nothing that I cannot do. There's nothing I cannot learn. And if I'll be diligent, God will actually raise me up to the next level in those areas. Galatians 6, 9, New Living. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. Faithfulness is the, and this is something that's got to be driven into the hearts of our children today. Don't give up. Don't give up. You're not called to give up. You're not called to throw in the towel. You're not called to quit. That's not our DNA as believers filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't back down. We don't give up. We do not quit. We keep pressing towards the mark, the high calling in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Don't. I love Hebrews 10, uh, 10, 35 through 39. Don't cast away your confidence for there's a great recompense of reward. There is a reward for people that don't cast away their confidence. But just like at the beginning, I said it eventually mirrors. Your spirit man and your outer man will mirror. So if you're learning not to give up, having diligence, being faithful, you know, never giving in, right. understanding authority, that then puts you to go higher in the things of God. What if you're on the brink of your miracle and you have this mentality? Well, just give up. I guess it's just God's will. Right. You know what I mean? Those are the people that give up. Yeah. The ones who just don't know the word of God that say, well, I guess this is just God's will and this is just the path I'm supposed to take. It's like wrong. Right. You're on the wrong path. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Stop blaming God. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, people don't know how close they are to breaking through. They don't know how right. close you're they are to the next the level. Of going and getting to that mountain and climbing over it. Like it's such a good feeling, right? You're like, you feel like that Rocky inside of you. You're up there. I did it. I climbed the mountain. I did it. Faith. I'm on to the next one. I mean, that's how I look at it. I have to look at it as a, a, a level game changer for me. Absolutely. So I think of it as getting to that mountain. Boom. I, I did my faith. I said, I'm going to go further this time. Usually what I, what I do, I'm not going to do. I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. I'm going to stand on the word of God and I'm not going to let go. And then when you get it, you're like, yes, 
Yeah. That was easy. So when you get to the next mountain, it becomes even easier. And you work your faith. Work your faith. It's an action word. Right back at the beginning of what he said. Your kids will only follow your actions. Yep. So a faith is an action word. You want your kids to be full of faith. You want your kids to not give up. You have to do the action of it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. We can never quit. Right. That's number three. Number four, the fourth quality that has to be uh, modeled in front of your kids, but also trained into your kids, is uncompromising holiness. Yes. Uncompromising holiness. Those of you that were, um, you went back and listened to the message I told you to listen to uh, from uh, Pastor uh, Enoch Adeboye, the master key. Uh, the master key to everything in the kingdom is holiness. It's the only thing that cannot be stopped. It's the only thing. The only thing. So catch this. If you'll train them in holiness, the blessings of God are attracted to holy living. The blessings of God. There are things that could stop your prayer from working. There's things that can stop faith from working. There's things that could stop praise from working. But nothing can stop holiness from working. Absolutely nothing. And so uh, I want to show you this in the Word. Psalm, uh, you go into Psalm 84, where are you headed? I can. I was just looking for something. Well, I want to show you this because um, one of my favorite scriptures is in, in the Psalms, Psalm 35. And I want to read, or excuse me, Psalm 34. Listen to this. Um, talking about people who fear the Lord, that fear the Lord. Well, if you fear the Lord, you're walking in holiness. Listen to what the psalmist wrote here. Psalm 34 and uh, verses 4. I'm going to read, start with verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. Listen to this. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. That's verse seven and delivers them. So protection is one of the blessings of holiness. Verse 8, O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. You see that? Verse 9, O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. So holiness brings supernatural provision and blessing. The Verse 10, the young lions suffer and want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Same thing Psalm 84 and verse 11 says. God will withhold no good thing from those that walk uprightly. Same thing Matthew 6, says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, yeah. and all these things will be added unto you. Holiness is the master key. I have to preach and train my children in uncompromising holiness in every aspect of their life. If you'll fear the Lord, if you'll obey the word, right. you are entitled to the manifestations of, and as we use that word in the Greek language, emphasizo, the emphasis of Christ's power in your life. He's going to make it bold, italic, underlined, and highlighted in your life so that no matter who looks at you, they can see the emphasized power and manifestation of Christ in your life because of your obedience to the word of God. What is it, is it say? Is it in Romans where it says, be holy as I am holy? Peter said that. Yeah. Yeah. Be holy but even as Romans, I am holy. Right? No, it's in Peter. Oh, yeah. first Peter? Yeah, he said, and it's quoting, you know, the Lord speaking. Be right. holy even as I yeah. am holy. So 
So think of it that way. We're supposed to be a representation of Christ. We're right. made in his image. So he wants us to follow his ways. Yes. Act how he act. Conduct ourselves the way he conducted himself. Absolutely. And so that is a, a possible and a requirement to receive the blessings of God. Mm-hmm. To live a holy life. To walk in that holiness and mm-hmm. to teach your children. Teach your children. Everyone out, out there in the world acting disgusting. Teach your children to be different. Teach your children to live holy. Yeah. Teach them to have self-worth and not be all over the place. And yeah. Wearing whatever they want to wear. Can't hardly shop for my kids in a store nowadays because they're, you know, 10 years old looking like they're going to a booty club. It's right. ridiculous. It's crazy. What on earth does my 10-year-old need to be showing off her stomach to and what for yeah. in, a, in a shirt and a skirt? Right. It's Are crazy. Are you kidding me? It's totally crazy. Now they're requiring in, in the state of New York to give that shot. That's supposed to help against um, uh, STD. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, and now they're like going to require you to come to school with it uh, for like 10-year-olds to start receiving this shot. Because you live in holy. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Teach your kids what it is to be pure, what it is to be holy, and the benefits Right, that's the key. You don't have to teach them all the scary parts because people don't... This is the thing. Parents don't want to teach their kids because they don't want to get into the detail of the nitty-gritty, the grimy Even God started by using the the, what good things would come from obedience. Right. God even did that. But that's how a lot of parents, they they don't want to touch on those subjects Mm -hmm. because they don't want to get into the, the disgusting part of it. Right. But you know what? You don't have to. You teach them the fear of God, right. not in a scary way, a fear which is reverence and honor for his word and on how to live. You teach them how to live holy. You teach them the benefits of when you live your life this way, this is what's going to come into your life. Yeah. This is what's going to come on your home. Yep. This is how your body's going to be. This is how you're going to walk in divine healing. You're going to walk in blessing. You're going to walk in prosperity. You're going to walk in joy. Teach them the good things. Just like I said at the beginning, when the bad comes, they'll notice that and they'll run in the opposite direction. No question. Absolutely right. But don't no. think it's a small thing. No. With these, the, the way clothes are, the way the music is, the, right. with the, the messages that they teach, the cartoons where they uh, start identifying and noticing other little boys and little girls and it's so cute in dating. The other day, my son was watching a cartoon and it talked about dating. It's like... What is this cartoon that's rated for four and plus? Now we're getting into his mind how, what to think of another little girl or another little, you know, a little or girl even, thinking of a boy. Even the one so that he cute. accidentally came across that was talking about like the, the girl was hitting on the boy and the boy was like, I don't think you understand. I'm gay. Yeah. It was like a cartoon for little kids. Like, oh, you're going to introduce them to homosexuality at yes, the age of four? Yes, that's what it is, Kelly. The HPV vaccine. HPV. HPV So e- even like Peter said, you'll be holy for I am holy. But Jesus said in Matthew, be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. That blows people's minds out of the yeah. water. You know? We're not perfect, Brother Ted. That's what they teach us. We're just going to come as we so, are. So think about this. The church. filthy rags and we're never going to improve. The church is going to teach us that we're imperfect <laughs> and then the world's going to push our children into becoming sex objects. Have your 10-year-old daughter wear belly shirts and booty shorts, send her to school, and then send her to church that teaches her, well, you're not perfect, we all fall. 
and sayings on their shirts right. that are inappropriate for kids. It, it'll be a cold day in hell before my daughter will leave the house at 10 years old with a pair of shorts that say you wish on the back. <laughs> or like hot written on her bum cheeks. <laughs> cold day in hell. What but a dummy. True. Like I, I can't even just go to stores anymore to pick out clothes for my daughter. I have to like search. I have Parents that let their kids go out of the house, even teenagers, like your, your uh, daughter's 13, let their kids have 14. Say. It's like, oh, well, that's just what's in right now. Just letting you know. This is why they have to have a... cash buying your clothes. This is why they have to have a daycare at the this? prom at your high school. This is a roof. You live under my roof. Guess what? You wear what I say. <laughs> I'll send you to school in a freaking snowsuit. <laughs> You'll be in moon boots and a snowsuit before you go out of the house in booty shorts that say you wish. are handing over their rights way too early. Handing it over. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Well, it's the same stupidity as putting an 11-year-old in your your Mustang and say, hey, run down to the mall and grab me a couple things. You're giving them keys to power that they're not ready to hold. They haven't been taught. They and have so not this, been taught. Sending a kid out of the house at 12, 13 years old, dressed like a hooker, and then you think, oh, I don't know why she got pregnant. I don't know why. I don't know why she got pregnant. I thought she was such a good girl. I thought she was such a good girl. Is that what you thought? I, you thought she was I such a good her, girl? I brought her to church every Sunday, and, you know, and we prayed every meal. Then you and, check. And she goes, I just I just don't understand why she would be in those positions and 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 hang out with those boys and how about check their playlist calling. check their playlist looks listen to what they're pumping into their spirit through their phone don't be so naive it's like ridiculous don't be so naive you you being naive will send your kids straight to hell straight to having a kid before they're married straight, i mean just straight to everything that god doesn't want them to have at the time it's not that god doesn't want you to have a kid It's not the time for it. It's not that we don't want you to be a mother. We don't want you to be a mother at 14 years old. Yeah. It's like... So live holy. Teach your kids the benefits of being pure. And you know what's crazy? And then the world, you know, magnifies that stuff. And then like, you know, just like in the same way they always try to do, they try to act like it's a show to like divert people from that way of living. But it's like being glorified. What was that show on MTV where the like the girls were pregnant and had kids at well, 16 and pregnant 16 and pregnant and then but there's like multiple what MTV seasons said mtv said we're doing this show yeah to let you know like how rough it is but then it was it got, glamorizes like, it six seasons of it and so everyone was like you know what i i can make i can make some money doing this like yeah, I'm, I'm i gonna, can make that i'm work. gonna sign up for this show and it makes it look like it's like you said so glamorous yeah and they get they glamorize it and then it's like to me, my opinion, it's the same thing that they did that ended up happening with uh, 13 Reasons Why. Is that the name of the show on Netflix about suicide? Yeah. I think it was 13 Reasons Why or whatever. You know, it was like, oh, well, this is show you how horrible suicide is. But then it glamorizes it. Like if somebody abuses you there again, you stick it to everybody that ever harassed you and abused you and take your life. It's the easy way out. It ends up glamorizing it and showing how you can. It's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. And you put that thing in front of people's eyes. Yeah, 34-year-old great-grandmother. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. And it's it's 
The, the world is wicked. It's wicked. If you think there's an end to wickedness, where, where there's other uh, there's other countries. I mean, I know this is gross, but I mean, if you if you don't think that the world is wicked, you think, well, it's not that bad. We're just going to send them out. You can go to other countries where you can buy used little girls' underwear in a vending machine because you have some sort of a, you know. That's disgusting. Oh, yeah. That's a thing? That's a thing. Ugh. If you think that there's not levels of wickedness that you don't know about, that it's not really, well, it's, it's world's pretty good. You know, most people are, and it's wicked. If a person's dead in their trespasses and sins, there's no end to their wickedness. Yeah. You know, just because they show you something outside of closed doors gives you nothing, nothing uh, to know about what happens behind closed doors. And let me tell you something. The world is wicked. Anybody that's dead in trespasses and sins are sinners. They're wicked. Yeah, and they can They've be got nice. no capacity yeah. to do what pleases the Lord. They could be nice, but remember, they have no guard of the Holy Spirit telling no. them to not and they have a wicked, and do something wrong. They have a wicked, carnal uh, um, nature that drives them to do wicked things. doesn't matter how many groceries they carry across the street for an old lady. Right. They're wicked inside until they're saved. And you're going to throw your daughters and sons. I mean, if your sons are going out the door in booty shorts that say you wish, that's another problem <laughs> altogether. But I mean, you're going <laughs> to, I'm going to get a pair of those. For Just stop. I, I want this ministry to grow. I mean, you know, all of a sudden there's like 50 year old single women logging onto the broadcast. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And throwing your kids out into that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's just fine. And dating and all of that. Please. Kids don't need to be. I will send you to school in a freaking snowsuit. Don't think I won't. And they're homeschooled. So they'll be going to homeschool in a snowsuit. <laughs> but you I mean, think about it. And then they're trying to objectify your children and throw them out there with this mindset. It's cool to be 16 and pregnant. It's cool to start hooking up at the age of 14. It's okay to date and, you know, it's okay to hang out in bedrooms with the door open because with the door open, nothing can nothing happen. Nothing can happen. No, nothing nothing can happen with the door open. Nothing can happen with the door open. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. It's nobody the, can get pregnant safety. with the door open. No, nobody. That's, you know, nobody. gosh. If that's what a condom is, then we can just leave the door open all the time. <laughs> Uncompromising. <laughs> like, holiness. think logically, people. Just do me a favor and think logically. <laughs> exactly. Uncompromising holiness. That's number four. Let us give you number five before we pray for you and your families. Yeah, transgender dragon ready. Exactly right. Well, my son likes a skirt every now and then. <laughs> he likes, my son prefers a thong. It's like, are you a nut job? These images. Well, the thing, the thing about it is, mind. the thing, the thing about it is, is that this is the way they're they're conditioning parents to think. No, I know, but Crazy. this is why I laugh because it's like, who am I? Are you really somebody who just can't think logically for themselves and be like, yes. hold on, People let me think this out. Let me think what it could happen down the road. I'm telling it's you, like, wake. Up. It's time to take a generation back. Wake up. Fight for the things of God. Remember this. It only takes one generation to lose a generation. Go to the Old Testament where God said, when you go into the promised land, do this. Burn down the false God idols, the altars, the temples, and drive those people out. Do not intermarry with them. Do not join your families with wicked people that serve other gods, and you'll be in victory. They didn't obey the Lord. 
And so they intermarried with those people. They didn't burn down their statues, their idols, their altars, their temples. And the Bible says, and the next generation rose up. The very next, not 20 generations later, not a slow progression. The next generation rose up that did not know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not that didn't serve him. They didn't know him. One generation later, after they disobeyed God's laws, listen, what one generation tolerates, the next generation will celebrate. What one generation tolerates, the next generation will celebrate. If if your kids see you sitting around the house drinking all the time, oh, we're just social drinkers, see you sitting around drinking all the time, they're not going to think anything at all about Christians drinking. Next generation, you tolerated it. Maybe you did it in moderation. They're going to go out and celebrate it. Well, my parents drink. Let's all drink. Let's get in. And then you're just creating it. You're creating it. And I'm telling you, it's a way to destroy the next generation. Absolutely. Number five, fifth thing that your kids need to see in your life practiced and trained into them, unparalleled generosity. Unparalleled generosity. They need to see that in you. They need to see it um, modeled in your life. They need to watch you. That's why I get so excited when I watch Maddie in Brooklyn. It's like Maddie came up to you and said that she wanted to bless that girl. Remember mm-hmm. that? Tell that story. Um, where she ordered it on Amazon. Well, that or uh-huh. but but no, the one she get the Bible. Remember, she wanted to do the Bible. Oh yeah, we were we were in uh we were in a service. Ted was preaching, and the church had bust in some kids from a certain neighborhood in the next town over. That you know comes from really rough families, parents not around, parents on drugs, parents who just don't care. So these kids are 15, 14, 16, raising themselves pretty much. So the youth pastors go in and on on Wednesdays also their youth group. So they bust in these kids and they were sitting over there. Well, you know, Ted was preaching and a lot of these kids came up for salvation and they came up to have hands laid on them. And, you know, Maddie just was drawn towards this one particular girl and she came up to me and said, Mom, I want to give her my Bible. I said, you know, that's great. Yes, give her your Bible. You know, we can get you another one. Don't ever let that prohibit you, you know. And and then later on, she told me that she slipped a $5 bill in her Bible. Matt, now let me tell you, Maddie is always giving money away. Yeah. Not, not, not just her tithe and offering. She gives to the church. But she is always always giving kids money. But that's because she has a mom that she sees is always blessing people. Like we had um, the guy that comes over that sprays for bugs in the yard, sprays for bugs around the house, uh, people that do our yard. Uh, who was it that had the our, our yard guy that had his sons that were helping him? Remember our our yard guy has two boys that mm-hmm. are in middle school and they come in the summer and help their dad or anytime like they've been coming since, you know, COVID because all the kids have been out of school. And I just, I think that's wonderful that they're out there working and helping their dad and not sitting at home playing video games all day long, right. but they're out helping their dad. And so every time they come, I go out and give them money. Exactly. And bless them and tell them to go buy themselves something every But see, Maddie sees that. Or anytime we're with uh, like ministers or pastors and they have kids there, well, I'll always call the kids over and we'll bless the the children. I love to bless the children. Uh, You know, Britt's on. I love, I've, I've blessed their children, Jake and Britt's kids, every time I see them. Brady, Zoe, 
you know, always calling them over. Hey, this is for you from Uncle Teddy. This is for you. Every time I see him, I want to bless him because I want, number one, I want them to be blessed. But number two, it's a picture of blessing. I don't ever want somebody to see faithfulness to God. Well, I had to give up a lot to be faithful to the, you know. No, you don't have to give up a lot. The Bible says, Jesus said this, anybody that gives up houses or lands, husbands, wives, in this life will reap a hundredfold for the kingdom of God's sake, the gospel's sake. I don't want, you know, Brady, God called Brady to preach the gospel. I don't want Brady to ever, and he's listening right now, I don't want Brady to ever think that to do what God's called him to do, he has to give up the good things of life or that he has to go without so that he can do what God, no, that's not what the Bible teaches. And I want to, I want people to understand and see that they'll be blessed for obeying the Lord. When we were in North Carolina, a great man of God who I love, Pastor Alan DeDio and his son, Evan, who the Lord has called him to minister and to preach and has an anointing on his life, has gone to other countries and preached it even at a young age. And uh, I remember one of the services, the Lord spoke to me to prophesy over Evan and then stood up and told everybody, we're sowing an offering into Evan's life. And at that time, he was probably only 14 or 13 years old. I can't remember. But had, had everybody say, let's get, we're putting an offering into his hands. Well, you know, it's interesting because our kids see that. They see that. They watch. Mom's always blessing people. Mom's always buying people's dinner. Mom is always giving money to people to be a blessing to them. What happens? They don't just hear us say, you know, we really need to be a blessing to others because of the Lord. Amen, kids? No. They watch their mom blessing other people. They see it done in practice. They're watching it happen. It's being modeled in front of their face. So what happens? It happens here. It happens here. It's going to happen there in their lives. They're going to have a desire. I'm going to bless other people. I'm going to be the one that's giving the money away. I'm going to be the one. See what I mean? And it's modeled so it becomes part of their personality. They they just know that's what we do as a you family. You honestly can't come to my house without my kids making you something. Yep. Because, I mean, you know, at their level, that's they don't always have money. But at their level, They'll that's... Make you. Their thing is to give. Yeah. So what way do they know how to give? My my daughters will look online and they're not just making anything. They're not just coloring you a picture. They will come and do specifics. Maddie will be like, mom, what is so-and-so into and what is her favorite color? And then she comes up with something. She makes some kind of big... You know, she glues stuff and sews stuff yeah. and she makes travel pillows for people who come and visit with their sewing machine. Yeah. Brooklyn's making, you know, the DIY stuff all the time and it's specific. It's right. not just anything. They actually try to figure out what that person likes and is into. There's so many things Maddie has made for Ted. She's made him drones. Yeah. She's made him golfing pictures when he's into golf. Look at Alex. She's, Alex said, Maddie will never not make me something when see, I go. See, and, that, <laughs> and, and that's Alex saying that. He leaves this house with something. You know, I think the last time Maddie made this origami pencil holder for when he goes to school. So, I mean, <laughs> she's always thinking. And Brooklyn and even Teddy. Teddy is now starting to. We were just at this last church in Michigan in March. And he had one of his uh, bumblebee uh, transformers. I mean, you weren't even around. And this little boy, uh, Kara's little boy, loved it and loved it and loved it. And he just said it, three years old to the little boy. I mean, at that age, you don't want to give, you don't even want people playing with your toys. And Teddy goes, you can keep it. You can take it home with you. Yeah. And the little boy just took 
took, you know what I mean? Because Teddy knows by giving at three, the mm -hmm. principle's been instilled. By giving, right. one, like Proverbs 11.25 says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So right. even at three, my son knows, one, I give, I'll never be without. Mm -hmm. And two, I'm happy to give. Right. It makes me feel it's joyful. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It makes me feel good to give. That's right. Look at the verse right before that one. Um, Proverbs eleven twenty four before 25. One gives freely and grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Think about that. The Bible says that one who gives freely grows richer. One who withholds what he should give only suffers want or lack. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. So this is a, I'm, I'm not, this isn't just something we talk. This is something our kids will run with. They This will be a part of their personality and their lifestyle. They will be people who refresh other people. One of the biggest turnoffs in my entire life is people who leech off of others, leech off of others' generosity, leech off of others, um, you know, it, 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 you know, they're just bums like it, it what a, i'm not talking about people that are in need i'm talking about no, people that have plenty the people and they're always coming over to eat your stuff to and, search for a blessing yeah it's not or a they'll say stuff when in your life when you have forced it upon yourself by making people feel bad to give to you right that is not the blessing of god in it your life. blows my mind that's like somebody that's just a leech <laughs> a predator to snatch. <laughs> well, it's like I'll give you an example. I'll tell you. I'll tell you an extremely generous person, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. He he couldn't be any more generous than he is. I mean, he's extremely, extremely generous. It's not a man that just preaches and teaches sowing and reaping. He's a man that lives it and uh, it blesses others. But it's like you know, when I go down there, I think to myself, like I I want to go. If I go to ministers and leaders conference, we go. I want to go to receive from him. And I want to go to be a blessing to them as much as I can. But, you know, he's so kind that he will he may send me a text message and say, hey, uh, let me know where you're staying. I'll be happy to get your hotel room for you. Of course not. I don't want him to have to think about, you know, me coming down there. It, that's his heart to bless. But then there's other preachers that will come down, deadbeats. I'm like, well, you know, I don't really have a place to stay. We would come, but we really don't have. Right, that's what I'm saying. They make mention. They so do it because they know about his generosity. Yeah. So there's people that will come. Well, you know, I would come, but I don't have a place. We don't really, we don't really have a place right now to get a hotel. Uh, you know, all saying that stuff because they want him to say, "Well, we'll get that for you." <laughs> I want to come to ministers and leaders conference, and I want to go to the next level of faith. Yeah. Oh, but wait, can you pay for my hotel? Can you pay can for Can you get my all my food? food? Can you get my dry cleaning? Can it's you? like, give me a break. Oh, but I'm coming to receive. To get to some faith. faith. It's like, it blows my mind. There's people Just like go that all, in. all through the faith. body. That they all they do is leech. They leech and leech. Those are people that withhold and it tends to poverty. They're never blessing others. They're always expecting somebody to come bless them. It doesn't work that way. You have got to be the person who waters others, who refreshes others. Then you'll be refreshed. And just like anything, you work your way up to that. There was a time in our life that taking another couple out to dinner, that that was that was a big deal for us in, sure. in, our, in our bill. Going to a nice restaurant. You operate at your level and of the, faith. And the four of us. But as we've grown in this 
and our levels have changed, our our giving and our generosity, you know, grows with that. It's not that we never wanted to be givers then, but we were operating at that level. But as our levels changed, you also have to change with your level. Mm -hmm. So now (laughs) we can take care of everyone who comes to worship summit and eat. Not just the four of us to going to a nice restaurant. Exactly. Our levels changed. And so that's what you have to do. You might say, well, you know what? I, I, I have a heart to be that generous and you know, I just, but I can't do that right now. Do something that moves your faith right. in that moment. And then it keeps growing. Right. It's like I said, we used to go, you know, your aunt and uncle that we used to go to the church with have always been so generous and such a blessing. And when we'd go out to eat with them, I used to be like, I want to do this. I want to be able to take everybody out. But at 23, you know, that that was hard hard for us. But we didn't stay in that. Now that we're 37, we're not how we were at 23. Right. Looking at somebody saying, man, I wish I could do that. No, we worked hard at getting out of our comfort zone and doing it and knowing that by operating this way, mm-hmm. God's going to move us to the next level. Absolutely. And when he moves us to the next level, then we're going to do more. Because we know by doing that and him trusting us, He's then going to position us to the next level. No question. And that's exactly how it's worked. And that's exactly how it will go for you. Yeah. No question about it. And your kids will watch and see it happen. And it'll become part of their life, part of their personality. And it will cause them to be supernaturally blessed. They'll be head and shoulders above the rest. They'll be getting promotions. They'll be the ones that'll be finding the best jobs. God will have his hand upon their life and lift them high. For he's the one that brings promotion. Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. Doesn't come from anywhere else. Promotion comes from the Lord. And he decides who will rise and who will fall. So your children will constantly rise because you've trained and ingrained in them a generous heart and a generous spirit. I want to pray for families at the end of this broadcast. We want to pray for your children. I'm going to have my wife pray for you in just a moment too. Because I want your children to experience the blessing of God. I want your children to know what it feels like to be the head and not the tail. We want your children to know what it feels like to be the one who's bringing a blessing to someone else, not waiting for someone to come bless them. We want your children to know what it feels like to have the best, to walk in that blessing. And that's the promise of God. We want your children to have the best relationships, to not be destroyed or broken because they don't walk in love. We want to see your kids excel because they're diligent and because they're faithful. The things that we're teaching you today, your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you and they will see the blessing of God. You're training them up in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. So let's pray and believe God for the the kids and for the families. Thank you, Lord, for each and everyone watching and watching on the replay. Thank you, Lord, that you give us a boldness and a desire for the things of God, to walk out how you want us to. Thank you, Lord, that our faith is forever increasing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that there's a a protection and a blessing on each and every family that's watching, that the ones that may not have started in a certain way or they have older kids that have gone away from the Lord, every seed that those parents have sown in their life are calling those children back to you, back to the home, back to your provision, Father God. Thank you, 
Lord, for uh, that that kids will never lack. Anyone who's watching this that yeah. even is a child, that you're never going to lack. The hand of God is on your life, that you have the boldness and the strength to walk holy, you, to walk into the things of God, that a fire burns within your belly, to have a desire to go after it. Thank you, Lord, for parents, that you give them strength. Yes, Lord. That you give them, you know, the wisdom and the knowledge to do what you've called them to do, to to parent. You've anointed us to do this, Lord. You've not left us without equipment to raise our children in the things of God. Lord, that the grace comes on us to do, that we listen to your word, we listen to your Holy Spirit to be our guide. Thank you, Jesus, that we will lack no good thing. That's it. And Father God, I pray for anyone who might be battling in their body, kids who might be battling in their body, I rebuke Satan, I rebuke the lies that he's put in your mind. I rebuke sickness in your body. That it cannot stay within your home. We kick it out with great faith, Lord. Keep us strong and mighty. Keep us strong against the enemy. For you've given us all power. All power. That we don't have to listen to the lies. We don't have to be subject under Satan. Because we stand far mighty and far greater than ever he could do to our life. That's right. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name. For every relationship, Lord, even for those that may feel like a broken relationship and marriage, I pray for them today. Restore those relationships. Restore those marriages. Maybe they're grandmothers or maybe they're older and their kids have gone away from the Lord. I ask you in Jesus' name, bring them back into the kingdom. Let us be able to declare by the end of this year, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Amen. We serve the Lord. Household salvation belongs to us in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' wonderful name. If you believe and receive that prayer, throw some fire in the comments section. Let us know you believe it and you receive it and that it is done in Jesus' mighty name. It is done in Jesus' name. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.